When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Oh, what a pass. Farabello leaking out for the three. What a find from Shire. You said it. Just always on the run. So tough to defend. Nemhart's little floater, though, won't go. Good box out and finish by Frederick King. Paluma. Oh, he wanted to pull the trigger on that three. A little bit too strong, and the rebound swatted out. Nemhart will launch from deep, and the second chance opportunity gives the Jays three. Here's Shireman leaving it. The three up and banked home for Trey Alexander. Deep three for Nemhart, and with two to shoot, it drops. And he has been really cold from three. Now they'll dribble this one out, and Creighton is starting to get things figured out, it would appear. Their first Big East Road win, 11-8 and eight now on the season. Hey, it's Coffee and Cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, alongside Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. Lots to cover, lots to get to. Let's tell you exactly what you're about to hear. Creighton Butler, we'll get to that uh, here in a moment, but uh, we'll talk to Dominic Cassiato at 7.30, the new Union Omaha head coach. We'll then talk to Brian Christofferson at the top of the hour, that is 8 o'clock. We'll talk to Andy Kendi as well, which we haven't spoken to Andy in a little while. Well, we had, like we, had, had we had to swap him out, and Shane got busy, then AK actually has a life, so... AK had... Uh, he had... A procedure. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's and, that's uh, what I'll leave it. Know, I'll, I'll leave it at that. AK's doing life, kind of. And so uh, he was on a little hiatus. And I don't blame him for having to go on that hiatus. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll talk about uh, the transfer portal and the 45-day window closing and uh, what the need still is for this Husker group. We'll also talk about where a lot of those Husker coaches ended up yesterday um, and DB interacted with them. Um, Closing time. Is, is that every school in the area right yeah. now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, be careful out there. Today. Right. And no, for, for real. Are you, are you a weather weenie? I am. I wouldn't say I wake up in the morning on a day like today and think I have to check the weather because at I need eight to know o'clock what's going you on. want me to open those blinds I, and we're just gonna <laughs> yeah. see if that's when it starts snowing, right? Because right? that's what people like to do. But I mean, listen. Let's be honest. School districts have um, some snow days built in. They're going to err on the side of caution. If they're a lot like Shane, they're scared to death. Do they have snow days or are they yeah, remote they're, learning days? They're, they're built in and they will do no school. That's so nice. Yeah, unless you're in administration. <laughs> and yeah, then you're kind of <laughs> still a little, be at my yeah, it's a little, little, little touch and go. So all school districts um, will be spectators today, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. And uh, will it hit? 
So at ten o'clock it says wintery mix and the fifty three point or so not eight o'clock now. Chance. No, now it's ten a.m. and then it it just keeps picking up, man. Eleven and twelve, freezing rain, eighty five percent to a hundred percent. So by noon there's going to be freezing rain. According yes. to weather.com. That's the stuff that'll keep your guy at the house. Right. I mean, if you don't want to go see Dingman's, <laughs> I'll <laughs> stay my little we'll, behind at and home. And we will play uh, two for you at 840. So if you'd like to get involved in that game, also presented by and Dingman's. Please, and please pick Shane. Please pick Shane. Honestly, please pick Shane. That, oh, come it on, gives Shane. us entertainment. No, no, no. no, no although, no. Come on, Shane. let's be honest. I've laid a couple of eggs the last two weeks. Yeah, you and Shane should go head-to-head. No, see, here's the deal, though. Shane's line of thinking is different. <laughs> I just can't listen. Why the f*** is Shane walking in there? It's kind of Shane, too. It's like the College World Series thing threw me for a loop, <laughs> and NHL teams of all time was different than – NHL teams playoff appearances currently, or all-star appearances. Oh, so currently. you're you're talking about trivia? Yeah. When, when you said that, now there was another one you missed though. Too. Uh, yeah, I know it because it sticks in my craw. Phone service providers. <laughs> oh yeah. And I said Apple. <laughs> Apple, which they could be. Who knows? Yeah. You know who let me know about that, right? The amazing Dan. Oh. <laughs> and he's probably listening right now, so it's, shout out to Dan. It's like it's like having my dad back with a less of a stern voice. <laughs> he is he is a very like down to earth talker. Yeah, yeah. But when you're on Twitter, he's like that goes the, out the window. The, the snark reigns supreme. But See, he's now, he's a Steelers fan. So now, when the question was asked about the CWS team, I would have said Texas. That's the first thing that pops in. Well, they were there. Cause that's I, the, I would have said Texas. That's the last game that I saw live. It was like 2000. It was a while ago. It was like 2003 when they won the championship that year or whatever. Mm-hmm. Shane, you're, you're knee deep in the sports or head deep or whatever. Well, four they may be over are. his head. Oh, come on, Shane. Is Big 12 basketball that good? This year? Bro. Mm-hmm. They're the I, real deal. I, I'm kind of like. How about that K-State-KU game? How about K-State being favored? Yeah, that did surprise me. I mean, it was By, it was only like a point and yeah, a half. Yeah, it was but slight, still. but I mean, that didn't shock Vegas. They they chose home venue at the end of the day. They yeah. said home team gets gets the extra beef. Uh, and uh I mean, Iowa State is legit. Yeah, they played well. Otzelberger's awesome. No, they're good. Mhm. And I know and fan, Texas is kind fans of here fans here are very right now. F- familiar with TJ. Because uh, he used to, uh, you know, spent quite a bit of time in the Summit. South Dakota State. And, uh, man, I, I, I still don't know, and I told you this the other day, last week, I still don't know what to make of Baylor. Um, but they got a nice road win against the Red Raiders uh, last night who had every opportunity. Mm-hmm. Just Baylor just kept. Great first half by the Bears. Uh, Georgia's going to be pretty okay, I think, for Baylor. <laughs> Uh, so apparently the Big 12 is, worth, is legit, I think. So I, cu- I got caught up moving a lot yesterday. I got caught up. Made a huge, huge move into a house. and Congratulations, grown-up. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it, it was a, a, a tough sight for me to see when I went into my bank account and just saw 
the big chunk of money that I laid down on the house just pulled Go right away. out. Yeah. Just, <laughs> and you get the shakes when you're signing all the documents? It, it, it's like, not really, um, but I was like, cause, tell me this, riddle me this. How many people read the documents that they put in front of you? So I dabbled for like three years in that business, almost four. I, and I recommend to people reading all but the one page where the, it's with the compound interest and what you would be paying in its totality because that's a big number mm-hmm. with the interest when you add it up. So skip that page. But for the most part, that and... I'm a skimmer. Yeah, I'm not a reader. Yeah. Because I want to get in and get out. And that's probably a, a poor mentality. Sometimes that'll cost you. But you got you're dealing with good folks, so it helps when you're buying from an owner that mm-hmm. you know really well. So that, I mean, now the financing that's on you guys. But that and the only time I tell you to re- make sure you read is now when you do your homeowner's insurance. Make sure you read. Oh, I did that already. Because the fine lines with pipes bursting and inside and outside mm-hmm. and where the water comes from and like that stuff. You probably want to know. <laughs> There's some twists and turns. Yeah. You're going to be like, ah. Where you I, think you're covered? Yeah. I, I thought, uh, eh. I, I thought, uh, I, I thought you covered hail damage. No, you know, so you know where I got one thing that really got me that I should have read better and I didn't is, you know, you have family insurance mm-hmm. and deductibles per head in the household versus family deductible. So it's like. Right. Yep. Yeah, so if it's like fifteen hundred or three thousand per, is it eight thousand for the family? Like mm-hmm. that, you probably want to know too. I'm not the great life I'm lesson a, guy, but that's I'm about very all I got good for at you. asking questions. But yeah, I noticed. I'm very good. Yeah. Hey, so DB, uh, what do you think about this? What kind of questions? <laughs> you know what? It used, to, used to always be about my shoes, which I thought was kind of weird. You'd ask me a lot of questions about my shoes. I, well, I, you always had a different pair I'm because like, I am. I wear the same three pairs of shoes yeah. until they need to be thrown away. Something like happens. They're just ripping. Something I'll happens. still wear them. Yeah. yeah. But like, you have like 12 different pairs that you cycle through. I got it from my kids. <laughs> Not the funny? shoes. I was going to say. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously. So there's, you, you two, there's, there's two things that the, they... I, I feel just, like that should be in reverse order, though. Mine they just got some new shoes last you. night. We walked out after the Miller North girls beat uh, Marion uh, last night, which was a good win. Miller North girls basketball is is legit. I mean, this just in, right? They've been in the top five. They've been number one, and it's highly competitive. That's a good basketball team. And uh, watched a little bit of uh, Prep Miller North last night. Actually watched yeah. a, a, a lot of it. So, uh, good night there. But, yeah, she just got more shoes. Even she's a sneakerhead. Just comes in the family. Yeah. I used to think it was ridiculous until you start coaching and you're around and – you get on the sidelines once or twice, and all of a sudden your back hurts, and you don't know why. Ridiculous. Good shoes are important. Mm-hmm. That's my PSA outside of uh, reading documents. I can't normally wear shoes when I'm active yeah. that don't go above my ankles. Really? Mm-hmm. I got away from high tops in high school. I had to wear them because I needed that stability. That was about the time, I don't know, Twitter or social media will know. I think they started making mids in like the late 80s, three, three quarters. I would, the only high tops that I own are my Jordans. Nice shoe. I don't, 
I, they just don't even feel right. I don't like anything around my ankle. Like I said, it has to be when I'm active, though. Like if I'm playing basketball, yeah. it has to come up to my ankle. I can't wear like Kobe's I'm that come low, I'm below the ankle. How about all the players that wear low tops? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think anybody wears high tops anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm an ankle roller. Get those ankles taped. Work on that it, dexterity. It, it could be taped, and I'm still wearing high tops. Yeah. No, I, I'm I, wearing I, high tops. I'm wearing braces. <laughs> I'm wearing it all. You looked down. What, at my, what, you looked down at my ankles, and what, you're like, "What are you fifty? You're like, did did he get hit by a softball? Like, why is it swollen up? Nope, nope, or swelling yeah, up? Like Excuse Barry me. Bonds breaking the record. Clean it up. <laughs> yeah, you may you may think that's a little ridiculous. Like Barry Bonds clean up. Back the of record. your head is ridiculous. And in, in, in your Creighton Blue Jays shaking off their house of horrors yeah, at you, Hinkle. You know that was a really really good win. Mac grabbed his hundredth Big East regular season win last night. Uh, 73-52 over Butler. Before we touch on the bulk of this game, I want to ask the listeners this. Comment, whether it's Twitter, whether you send us a message on uh, on YouTube. Who had the most rebounds last night? Oh, yeah. From Creighton. Comment that. Don't look at the box score. Just think back. Remember, if you watched, if you didn't watch, take a guess. Who had the most rebounds? And then we'll revisit that point. But no real big shot on the no real big shooter, I should say, on the floor last night for Creighton. Everybody kind of got their piece. Yeah. They got a piece of the pie. And uh, I almost wonder if the total involvement was better than just relying on one or two shooters. Well, I think, down, you know, as the season progresses, I think that's how they've got to play. I mean, for success, because on any given night, it could be, mm-hmm. it could be anyone. So why not try to? Have that be as many as possible. That's just me. Well, in in many ways, you're giving the defense, you're putting the defense in a position to where now they have to expect the unexpected. Yeah. Instead of hey, Shireman and Alexander are the two that are going off for this team right now. I'm gonna fade this direction. Maybe maybe move off my defender. Play a little help side. And now you're looking at hey, anybody can fire the ball. And so I have to stay tight on my defender, opens up a lot of lanes, gets you the look that you're looking for. Who had the most shot attempts last night from the field? I do know this, I do know this answer. It is a bench player. No, it is not. Oh, just out of both teams? At a, at, at, for Creighton. Who had the most shot attempts last night for Creighton? It wasn't Farabello. Didn't he have 10? It, yes, it's a tie. Was it Nemhard? No. I could have sworn it was Farabello. It's a tie. Mm, well, Alexander is a no because he was in foul trouble. Kaluma's a no because he was in foul trouble. Shireman. Was it Shireman? It wasn't Kalk. Your process of elimination is already flawed. Was it Arthur? It was the guy that we talked about yesterday with an evolving role in what is it? It would be Trey Alexander. How about that? He played 25 minutes. Why would he have the most? And he got 10 shots. What am I doing? Because he needs to be involved in the offense. 50% from the field, too. Yeah, he was 5 of 10. 5 of 10. How about that? How about that? I just just counted him off right away. Isn't it funny how 25 minutes and 20 minutes were your two 
uh, most attempted shooters. Yeah, he's got got to <laughs> hey, got to get it in. And you know that's something I will say too about Farabello here is his shooting woes in this game mm-hmm. weren't a concern of mine. And and now it's probably because they had such a hefty lead. But it looked more like Creighton trying to get him involved. He shot twenty five percent though. Yes, but but here's what I'm getting at. It looked like they were trying to get him more involved in this offense so you can get away with a, a poor shooting performance like that because he hasn't been shooting the ball all too much when he gets his time on the floor. But if they want to get him going, they have to build his confidence up. And if you want to get a guy like him, a six-man a six coming off your bench, going down the stretch of the season, you have to have some sort of prowess to know, like, hey, when I'm in the game, I'm shooting the ball. Do you have uh, Rob's big box score open? And I'm not a huge plus-minus guy. Mm-hmm. What was Frederick King's plus-minus? Yeah, another big one. Four. That's it? Yeah. It, you would have thought it was a lot more with how much time he spent well, on the floor. Well, he only played eight minutes, but I think he was four or seven from the floor. He had the big block, so I didn't mm-hmm. think Butler was scoring. So I thought of maybe I thought maybe his plus minus would have been around eight or nine. Yeah, you would think like a point per minute he was on the floor is what it it seemed in my head. Who had the who had the best plus minus? Do you want to take a guess? Is it a starter? Yes. Uh, um, Kenny. Let me. Can I ask two more questions? Who played more minutes between Kaluma and Shireman? Kaluma played thirty. Shireman played thirty-one. I will take Shireman. It is actually Nemhard. Really? What was it? 23. He was the only one in the, in the 20s. 20s. Interesting. Kaluma was actually second with 18. I, I, Kaluma was going to be my guess, but I want to get off the beaten path. And then it was Kalk, and then it was Shireman. Interesting. But like I said, I love the spread that we're seeing here. Think about how much time the bench got in this game. I think, was it Kugler that said this at the end of the game? I think it was. Uh, Ah, Calvin Kugler. (laughs) Kugler. Shane, what's his last name again? Uh, Kevin Kugler. (laughs) Like Lining Kugler or something. Like, why are there so many syllables? Lining Google. (laughs) Why is there there so many syllables? Um, In Kugler or? Yeah, it's just Kugler, isn't it? It's Kevin Kugler. You don't say Bahi, do you? No. <laughs> no, <Bahi>. no, no, no. <laughs> uh, so Kugler said, not great, but an improvement from what the bench has given all season. Yeah, still not a ton of minutes, right. though. Right? It's like, I think Farabella is the only one that touched double digits. And, and bench and minutes. minutes. Yeah. Did he get there? Oh, he, I yeah. I think he did. He played a ton. He played like you're right. You're eighteen right. minutes you're or right. something. Twenty. Yeah, he he played a ton. Yeah, King though. How about we? We were just talking about King. I know two it's, days ago. I know. So he's interesting, and you know he had the big blocks and he kind of made his presence felt. And they had a really good matchup when King was on the floor with, um, uh, I almost want to say with Turnbull. Yeah. Um, Product of Missouri, St. Louis area. <laughs> I like how you gave me the. <laughs> um, so and I thought they may exploit it more, but you know what? I so you, I don't know him from a hole from Adam, right? I don't know him from a hole in the wall. But do you know why I'm going to like Frederick King? Because he appears. I have no idea what's happening behind the scenes. Uh, I asked Mac about a lot of non basketball things, but 
<laughs> the emotions of his team isn't one. Uh, I King seems like a guy I like because he has to have a fantastic temperament. He has shown you flashes of being able to be really, really productive. He has some foibles, right? Like, eh. And he doesn't appear. It do, he doesn't appear to waver when he gets on the court. He still balls out. I'm right? with you. So I'm. I, I think I gravitate yeah, towards. Yeah. You know what's crazy too is to add. He went on like a three game run that was silly. He was shooting like eighty eight percent from the floor, mm-hmm. and then Colt comes back, and it's like, hey, that was that's great. Doesn't really fit with you guys being on the floor together with how we like to play defense. Mm-hmm. So you're going to go back to playing. Five yeah, minutes. single digit minutes. So I mean, he's got to be a heck of a guy. Well, you have to think upstairs too that he is—he's a good teammate. Yeah, See, right. I, because he, he doesn't desire all those minutes because he makes the most of the minutes he right, gets. Right. I like that about him. You know, I was talking to Coach Huffman long before we had to do. Uh, yes, break, yeah. the dump yesterday. Yeah. He long is an understatement. What? It's thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that is an eternity for me on the phone. I was well, not even just for you. That's an eternity for me on the phone, and I talk a lot. But we got into these things, uh, and I and I'm not gonna you know put him out there or anything. But we got into these things about it's because it's what I t- basically what I was tweeting about recruiting, right? When I said, and it's for the coaches too, right? Like find the guys that embrace the the process of playing and practicing more than than being recruited, and it doesn't take long to figure out who those guys are and we were talking about players and who's playing and who's not playing and he said a great phrase we were talking about a player and I was like gosh you know well you know you may need him and he said well I like I'd like to think I don't need anybody right and and it was very direct and it was and I got on time and I was thinking to myself you know what that's exactly right as a coach, you want the guys. We got into this yesterday. You want the guys that you feel you don't have to babysit. Give me the known, and I think coaches will figure out the rest. You don't want a guy that's going to go from a 2 to a 10, then back to a 4, then back to a 9. Give me the 7. And all, almost all coaches will take that because you know what you're getting. Because sometimes you hear fan bases, oh, why doesn't he play this guy or why doesn't he play that guy? And almost 100% of the time, it's not personal. Do you know what it boils down to? Do I trust? Does the coach trust him? That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Because when you're coaching, you think you can fix all the rest. You just want a you just want a, a normal EKG line, not a flat line, obviously. <laughs> but you just don't want all the spikes. And I think that's I think that's how coaches look at rotation and using their bench in minutes. So, say the quote again. He said, well, I'd like to think I don't need anybody. Let's put it on the back wall. <laughs> here we go. Add, you know, add it to our back wall. He, and, he said, and he said, he's like, that's just how I want to coach. And I'm like, gosh, you know what? And I say it a little different. Like I tell our, our, our high school guys and, and our middle school team that I coach, I said, I like, co- I like to coach my way into having options. Right? I don't want to be married to one particular kid. I want mm-hmm. – so I'm coaching everybody. Because I, I don't want you One to coach me into team. a box where I feel like I have to play you. Like, I'm just I'm just not mm-hmm. 
going to try to do that. I can't believe this segment is already at the 48-second mark and counting. Um, our poll question of the day with the 45-day portal window closing today, what's your reaction to the job Matt Rule has done so far? Are you freaking out? In a good way. <laughs> exactly what I expected. Wishing for more linemen or freaking out in a bad way. Shannon, we'll if we could play music, we'd play Terrence Trent Darby wishing well. But, of course, we're not there yet. So you're just wishing for music. It's <laughs> like a bandit stealing time underneath a sycamore tree. Back after this. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. What was that? That's not Terrence Trent Darby. Oh, I, I did listen to him on break, as you know. <laughs> I, I was like, what, what did you say there? Uh, we are back on Coffee and Cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. I was scrolling Twitter during the break. Why? And I uh, saw a tweet because I like to stay up to date with things. Hey, tweet deck changed your life, that? didn't it? Yeah, it did. Oh, my goodness. That was, that was an all-you <laughs> moment. Now, I, I mentioned Deion Sanders putting quotes on the wall. Okay. And you have to tell me three times uh, for me to remember something. But you said something like, I don't want players to be. Hey, I'd like to think I'd I like don't think need I don't anybody. Need, yeah, any. see, I, I was close, right? That, no. So no. Coach Huffman's making the, the, the quote Yeah, board? he is. He's making the quote board. Like, That's like, a good one. I don't think I need. He said, as a coach, I'd like to think I don't need anyone. <laughs> and so it made me think back to what we saw yesterday on Twitter regarding the Colorado football team and what? the drill sergeant status <laughs> and things of that things of that uh, that nature. You know that group chat was blowing up. That 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 football group chat was blowing up after that meeting. I don't understand <laughs> the idea behind it. Listen. Multiple <laughs> You're, you're laughing your head. Because uh, I, Mul- I have a, such a great prompt to ask you afterward. And I multiple to ways it. to skin a cat. That I don't understand, though. But here's the thing. Because I've seen it happen at Minnesota, and it works, so I'm not knocking it. The delivery and the repetitive words used and, like, the whole that be elite mindset can definitely work. And I know that there are some people that thumb their nose up at, at P.J. Fleck. But the reality of it is the culture that he's build, building is winning. Now, whether they're retaining coaches or not is something altogether different. But he wins more games than he loses. And I'm a guy that thinks as long as your players believe it, doesn't matter. You think they believe in what was happening? That's what I don't know yet. It's early. Because they did not seem very antsy to get out of their chairs. But they probably didn't know what was going on. Like, that was live on demand. Like, that was one of the few Dion things that wasn't scripted. (laughs) That was like... It sure as heck felt forced. That was... Like... I'm talking about their response. Because you don't know if they're going to get it. I'm sure they knew what they wanted to... Hey, man, film this. Hey, get this on film. And show it if it looks good and, and don't show it if it looks bad. But it's like if everybody's in on that, I guess everybody's in on that. It could work in one or two hands, right? And this is how I think. 
you know, because I saw Steve Merrick post something similar to this. Um, this is what I think. Do you make fun of it whenever you kick their butt this year as every other team on their schedule? Or if you are winning, does, do you just fall back on, hey, they know how to win. They can coach <laughs> however they want. Yeah. That's how I, I think. I think it's going to be the latter if they win. <laughs> Hey, let's go to the phone here uh, because we have Dominic Cassiato on with us, the Union Omaha new head coach here in town. Coach, thanks for taking some time. Coach, congratulations. Good morning. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, Coach, you know, a unique journey to get you where you are today, a London native bringing 12 years of coaching experience across multiple levels in both the U.S. and Europe. You've kind of coached all over the place. Uh, most recently, you spent time as an assistant for USL Championship member El Paso Locomotive FC. You were chosen out of an elite group of candidates that at least is what Union Omaha reps kind of said because the search was so exhausting. So that in turn being a uh, uh, something that showed that you stuck out to them. But, you know, to the average fan, what makes you the right person for this job? Well, first off, I think there's a lot of people that are somewhat focused and a lot of focused. So I feel privileged to have the opportunity to look stuff. I think in terms of playing style, we're, we're going to be a team that wants to try and control games, dominate games with or without the ball. And then we're going to build a culture and a spirit within the thing that means we never know when we're and we're never going to give up. Known with as having that aggressive style that I think you're alluding to, and it it showed in all the stats we saw in El Paso's journey and goals scored uh, across the league. When when you say that, it's rare for for such a quality program to get such a quality coach. Like in a transition like this, it's almost like, wow, if you're going to lose your current coach and the prowess that they had, there could be this level of trepidation. It it seems to be a good fit early on. Would you rather build or continue as a head coach? Yeah, there's a lot of respect for what Jay and his staff did before me and the success that the club had. You know, before other rights, it's a, a fantastic job. So I think we come in and try and revolutionise the leader on the approach. How much? I think it's more a case of evolving and you know maybe changing the style a little, and and trying to build on what's already what's already been laid there. You know, the foundation already been put in place. Coach, how much is your experience with with U19s and kind of understanding the younger circuit? translates or correlates to what you want to do with Union Omaha? Yeah, I think if you look at the game, all players want to do two things, right? They want to enjoy what they do and they want to get better. Right? And I think that is the same for a kid who's six or seven years old just starting to play the game. I think it's the same if it's, you know, 18, 19 year olds trying to push for the first team. And then I think it's the same for guys playing the first team who are getting paid to do um, On top of, you know, having fun and, and learning, obviously we all want to win. Um, and I think, you know, my track record alludes to us. Yeah. yeah, Coach, you're talking about that success and you jumping right into the winning culture. Would you say that appealed to you most whenever you were going after this job? Yeah, I think it's a huge challenge, right? I think, as I said, 
there was great work done before I came. And I think that would scare a lot of people coming into a job where there's been a lot of success over the three years of club um, but for me, I just think there's a great balance to the club's record players on into top clubs in the USL Championship and now in the MLS with Ryan Fever. And I just thought it was a great opportunity to continue to build on those foundations. Talking with new Union Omaha head coach Dominic Cassiato. Coach, I, I was just saying this was off air and we were talking about trying to win at the collegiate and high school level. And I said to Andrew, I said, it, administration and, and support is so important. You get to work with guys like Gary Green and Marty Cordero, two of the great um, good guys in terms of what they represent and mean in the community. How, how important was that to you? That was huge. That was huge. And I think the people that you work with in the front office and on an ownership level really determine how successful you can be, right? So, mm. Working with someone like Gary, with someone like Marty and Peter Marlette as well. You know, these guys have a good feeling. And you know, we spoke about expectations for year one and understanding that, that you know, the club has had success, but we potentially have a little bit of a short run-up season. Um, but the fact that they were so transparent with that and, and so supportive of me, and so interested in me, really gave me a lot of confidence to take the job. Coach, outside of soccer, what about the city of Omaha gets you excited yeah. to be here? Yeah, so I'm probably the, the whitest man on the planet. So I wasn't really made for El Paso in the summer here. Uh, <laughs> I'm, looking to, I'm looking forward to, uh, to the money I'm going to save for some spot. But no, I know it's, it's a great place to live. I know there's a great soccer culture there as well, and yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing how the fans get behind the team. Fairly surprised by all the uh, so many different facilities. They play it at a high level, at the youth level. It there is a there is a very good soccer community here. Did did that get your attention as well? Yeah, that was about already. You know, I knew about some of the strong college programs. But they Oh, Creighton, UNO, you've got IWCC not too far away. You've got Bellevue University there as well. So, so I was aware of a lot of these programs before, mm. um, and I think that, that you know alludes to you being a, a real strong soccer city um, where there's already good players in place. That you know potentially we could be signing some of these colleges. It's fantastic, Coach. Good luck to you, man. Thanks so much for the time this morning, and uh, hopefully we talk again soon. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Congratulations, and, uh, welcome, Coach. Best wishes. Welcome, for sure. Um, hey, he does get, He gets two fantastic guys, and Marty Cordero and Gary Green. Well, I, Gary Green strikes me as the type of guy, if he, he could even touch me and have me, let me have some success, right? It's like whatever he he is involved in right. typically does well. He's and, a genie. And if Marty wanted to get into politics, which would be too much of a headache for him, <laughs> there's no question he could run for I don't know office. if he wants to give up on uh, his his two sports teams in town. I don't know who would. Anybody say a bad word about Marty Cordero? Nah, nah he's, I haven't heard one. He's the real deal. <laughs> and so is Union Omaha, and hopefully yeah. they continue the success rate that they're on. Coming up, we'll talk our poll question. We'll talk transfer portal and Husker football.
Coffee and Cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. DB showing off his T-shirt for those of you that are joining us now live on TikTok. Welcome to the show. We appreciate ha- you, having you here. We also appreciate all of you at home, whether you're on YouTube, Twitter, listening on the radio currently on 590 ESPN here in Omaha, 1480 ESPN Lincoln, or anywhere from around the state. Thanks for joining us for Coffee and Cream here, powered by Currency, Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers. I took some heat, DB, for wearing my Shamrock pullover today. Kind of like how you take heat all the time for wearing Wisconsin gear. Hey, so what is that? This is my high school. What, 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 what we they? were the Celts, but we were – it was a Catholic school. St. Patrick was the patron saint, so we were a very Irish school. Yeah. So they went with this look for our baseball warm-ups. So somebody tweeted me something yesterday, and in typical DB fashion – I wanted to ask a follow-up question, but it sounded so ridiculous, but it's legit that I was afraid to ask it publicly. So I was in Utica, right, uh, Saturday. I'm a Brett Maher at, Which is crazy at that, Centennial that High School. We found that out. Right? I was just like, wow. But so uh, I, my buddy that I was with that I went to go see was out in Chambers, Nebraska. So he sent he tweet, he sent the picture yesterday. He's out on I guess that's a semi. I have no idea why it has so many dials on it. I should have asked. Is it a was, semi or was it like a piece of farming equipment that he was driving? So on the he road? does like um, he's one of those guys. He's great. So do you know why I like this guy? This is how we got to be friends. Our kids started playing together. We were at a tournament in Ames. I'd never met him before a day in my life he's going to play with our summer team and it's a it's a fantastic team right i i think they're the best in the region but anyway i'm i'm sitting next to him because they're new and we kind of have the same guys so i'm just sitting next to him trying to i just want to be his friend right and i'm watching him write furiously while he's on the phone there's all these numbers. Like and he's dulling dec- his pencil. Decimal points. And, I mean, he's going fast, talking fast. And so I don't know him from a hole in the wall. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> this is exactly what I said. I know. I go, what is that? And he was bidding in his head profit margin loss, getting feed for cattle. And he was calculating it on the fly so he could get yield, so he could tell his guy that was going to buy what cattle to buy. Oh, I see. That's, I, I have no idea what any of that meant, but I kept asking question after question after question. And then it's the second half. Dude, it's four years later, and he's like one of my best friends. It's like, <laughs> and it all started with watching him. Well, because I was just captivated by you know me in numbers, right? Mm-hmm. I like to look at them and memorize them, and sometimes I can regurgitate them. And I'm just watching him first. So when he got into the business acumen of it, of trying to predict growth versus feed versus loss, like how much to invest, and he was doing it on the fly, I was like. I think I can like you. I'm a big proponent of surrounding myself with people that are smarter than me. Yeah, and he's great. And that's what what he sounds like to you. So he was in Chambers, right? 
And I tweeted it out, and I had to Google it, right? You saw me. I'm like, gosh, where is Chambers, Nebraska? It's one of the few. It's not one of the few. It's just one of the places I haven't been to. Right. And Trying to catch that fly. Somebody tweeted back to me, hey, it's just X amount of miles from X place, home of the, lar- of the world's largest shamrock. Columbus? Hey. And, Chambers? And I wanted to say so bad, so bad, Drew Down. I wanted to say. Like a statue or a replica, or is it actually growing in the ground? Because I've never seen a real life shamrock. I don't so think I wanted I don't think to it's know. Growing in the ground. See, that's why I didn't ask. I'm like, <laughs> it would be, it would die, right? Right. So what? Especially makes, on a day like today. So what makes it the lar- the largest shamrock? Well, so uh, at least in other. Can, can you see why I didn't ask that yes. question? Yeah, it, it would just be that it's the biggest, like it's the biggest statue. Right, oh, is that what it is? Like, that's how I would. I should have asked. Him. So, like, you know, there, <laughs> hey, there's a place. I'm, in, I'm gonna DM you because this is gonna sound stupid to the fifty thousand followers. But, like, what do you mean? Like, I've never seen a shamrock yeah, grow. There's a place in Cuba, Missouri. Who? Cuba, Missouri. Kind of like Chambers here in Nebraska. Cuba, Missouri. Um, off the beaten path, home to the world's largest rocking chair. Like and the that, one that Edith Ann used to sit in. That bigger. Do you know Edith Ann? <laughs> no, but I just know that it's bigger. <laughs> you know what? I'm really excited about today. Missouri, by the way, has a Why lot. Why does Edith sound like Zoe? Because that's how e- Google Edith Ann. <laughs> I'm dead serious. You said the world's largest rocking chair, and all I Edith, could think Edith of who? was Edith Ann. All I could think of is Lily Tomlin. This little girl <laughs> sits in a giant rocking chair. Yes, <laughs> essentially that's what it looks like. <laughs> It's a giant rocking chair. Dude, is my frame right? Do you look at me sometimes and you're like, "Why? where are you getting these analogies from? No, seriously. Edith um, Ann. And that's her voice. Um, so so over break, you pull um, it up and that's how she talks. This is the... You know, oh, it's, and now it's the second largest rocking chair. You know what? It got beat. Is anybody using Whoa. it or is it for show? No, it's for show. Look, it's it's that big. Nobody's sitting in that. That's like probably what the shamrock looks like. That reminds me of the billboard in... Ebling, Ebbing, Missouri. What was it? Three. Did you ever see that movie? Uh, you probably didn't because you don't watch movies. I do watch movies. I just haven't seen Is a it, lot of what's movies. What's the Ebbing, Missouri, Ebbling, Missouri movie, Shane, where the, little, the lady couldn't find her daughter? Three billboards and something. It reminds me of that billboard. Right. And they burned it. You don't know. Be quiet. Just somebody play. that's calling in right now probably just, does. Just placating me. So now the new large, world's largest rocking chair is in Illinois, believe it or not. Believe it or not. Oh. We just spent a, we just spent no, no, nine no, minutes no, no, talking no, about no, a rocking no, chair. No, 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 that was premature. <laughs> that was premature. Pre- premature sh- hey, Schillerberglation. Let, let, let's change gears. Um, a lot of uh, coaches on the move yesterday, and yeah. you en- ended back up at Westside yeah. to uh, be around your kid. And no, nope, uh, he doesn't want me around. I go to meet the coaches. So, sorry, <laughs> you, you don't put your kid first. You can put yourself first. Yeah. We get it. He's um, like. So when I'm in the hallways all the time. He would. He, everybody else. They hug. Hey, DB, what's up, coach? Everybody, <laughs> but boys, girls, coaches, right? Caleb Teachers. walks by. Caleb gives this, you the cold shoulder. You know what he did get yesterday? And kept it pushing. <laughs> just, okay, just just threw it up. Yeah, go figure out dinner. <laughs> I was gonna say, think about who pays for <laughs> yeah. uh, the meals yeah. on the table I at night. Just brought that dude macaroni and cheese from HVC, man. You brought him a what, Little King, the other day before yeah. a game. Yeah, 
We'll see what a peace tur- sign tur- gets tur- him next time. Turkey cheese light mayo. Yeah. Maybe the maybe the next sandwich comes without meat. Yeah. So it was like, and I and this a lot of what I was talking. To, this was my preliminary co- mm-hmm. call to Coach Huffman, but you're talking to Coach Martin or Coach Lamanji. Like sometimes when coaches don't tell you their exact times or they're not on time, schools can overlap. So it can kind of get a little awkward. But I think coaches are cool with it. They know how to play it. They're they're used to being in buildings at the same time as other schools when you're recruiting guys. But um, So we worked our way around that. And I spent a lot more time at Westside yesterday than I thought. Because uh, Coach Foley came. Then like four hours later, Coach Sat came. Which is that uncommon to see I, two coaches? I haven't seen from the it same before. Team. Now I have seen this. I have seen two coaches from the same school show up at a school and not know the other was coming. That's funny. It's not good. Poor communication. It tells a lot about your program. <laughs> um, but I haven't seen it scheduled where I'll come in the morning. You hit them in the afternoon. And Coach Foley and Coach Sat are two completely different people, right? Like, Coach Satterfield is is very – he's very direct, kind of knows what he wants, knows what he's looking for, Um, kind of more of a get-to-the-point kind of guy, although he seems like he'd be a lot of fun. (laughs) Coach Foley – is like he sounds like the fun one. It's like this man of the people. Every time I think of him, I think of Matt Foley. You know that SNL skit. He's kind of like the man of the people, living in a van down he, by the river. You know, he, he it's whatever, whenever I'll make it work. Um, Coach Haycock and and Coach Campbell. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, by the way, Coach Campbell, how tall would you guess, Coach Campbell? He's not be? big. No, he actually is. That's what I said. What? That's what I said. Yes, he is long and lean. Oh, How yeah. tall is he? Got to be 6'2". No six one. Yeah. way. Yeah. You'd be shocked. I would be shocked because I six one. I quickly snapped back and said he's yeah, not tall. Very long. Now, he does surround himself with 6'9 guys all the time. So and, maybe uh, when we see him on TV, he doesn't look very big. So it was it – was, uh, and this morning uh, – and I don't know – I haven't heard without school, Coach Ferentz and, and, and Coach Woods. Um, they were out in, in Iowa – Yesterday, yeah. um, a kid that I used to cover in the Sioux City area over at CLGLR, which is Central Lion George Little Rock. Um, wow, well played, off the fly. Yeah. Northwestern was in town. They went to go see uh, Danny Kaline at uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they went to see Zach Lutmer up there. I don't know if that's a familiar name yeah. to you, Lutmer. Good player, really good player. Um, but, Plus, yeah, are they making the trip with the weather income? Yeah, it was supposed to be nine. So, which is why I told Shane I wanted to hustle, but I don't know. I don't know yeah, what school point. cancellations. Can yeah. you do that? Can you still meet up with like coaches at the school if school's not in session? I wonder. <laughs> By the way, caller Adam. Yeah. He called in and he said that that's a painted shamrock in the middle. Well, why did you let me talk to Adam? I'm sure he Adam would have probably hang, made. I'm sure you probably would have made I fun know. of me, but he didn't want to hang on. I that painted was painted one. That would have made. That was a legit question, right? It probably wouldn't come over well on social media. Like, I meant like a... I wanted to just say a real shamrock? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> Did you put GMOs in it? <laughs> okay. See, I thought I was in a safe place. <laughs> and that's what we're on this morning? <laughs> well, that's Brian Christopherson. How about that next? Well, I know he's safe. 
Trey on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Hey, we are back, top of the hour, coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club on YouTube, on Twitter. That's Hale Varsity for both of those two. Um, and Hale Varsity Radio on Twitter, 590 ESPN Omaha, 1480 ESPN Lincoln. He's Damon Benning. I'm Andrew Rogers. Let's clear something up before we get to Brian Christofferson here. The world's largest shamrock is not a statue. It's actually painted, as a listener informed us. Shane, was Adam, was, did he give you the inkling that he was make, like kind of laughing at me, or was he educating me? He was educating. It All sounded right. like he, team Adam. he knew. Go, Adam. He knew that area pretty well. So. so my buddy just texted me. He said, what is O'Neill, Nebraska for a 1,000, please, Alex? And I will not get into the rest hey. of what he said because he has no sense. Hey, all I know is this: it's painted in, what, the center of town at a huge road intersection, it yeah. looks like. And uh, it says every St. Patrick's Day, the O'Neill Irish dancers do um, some – Dance Irish reels and jigs on the shamrock. They must go hard in O'Neill for St. Patty's Day. Did they use the word jigs? They said jigs. Are you guys going? Are you an Irish jig guy? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, let's, let's change gears. Let's talk to you. Speak and read slowly. <laughs> let's talk to Brian Christopherson. Okay, okay Mr. Uh, Griffin the third. Hey, Brian. Good morning. What's up, man? Good morning, guys. How you doing? Hi, BC. Hey, good, good. Hey, you know, yesterday you shared something on Twitter that really got me, got me at the heart. He shared the new Homer golf course. So when are we going golfing? <laughs> my uh, my brother already. I sent it to my brother, and he got us a tee time on uh, July uh, July thirtieth, I believe. There were somebody told me there were no tee times at that course the rest of the year, but there were some. So if, if people are saw that course which looked amazing i am calling um, today there, there's still opportunity yeah did you add did you make it for three like did your brother just say exclude me or what's up well there's three of us you could kick my dad out i mean that would be a real heartless thing for you to do <laughs> but uh, we can we can bring bring you along and have that conversation with my father and be like i'm sorry you're out dad um no i can't this, i can't have this, you do that not, too. not on this one so Oh, okay. All right. But yeah, um, so there are opportunities out there, though. That course, man, I, I didn't even know that was happening. And I yeah. saw the picture and it just like, I stared at it for like 10 minutes. Yeah, they talked about it being like one of the nicest courses in the world when it first was being built. I don't know if it reaches that pinnacle just yet, but it, it's pretty nice. BC? Things are on the uptick around here. Yep. I, I know you're always like, gosh, why are you always asking me these, like, um, perspective questions, but it's because of your temperament, right? You're just kind of even keeled. So let me ask you, it seems like sometimes we've had these conversations when a new staff arrives, there's like this new recruiting energy, this new recruiting buzz. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I, I saw it firsthand most recently with Coach Joseph, especially in the Metro, right? Like he really changed the narrative in a hurry with the interest in the Metro. Nebraska's current staff has almost doubled down on it. When's the, do you remember a time or the last time that a school sent multiple coaches to a school intentionally at different parts of the day? 
I'm not saying they haven't done it before and I didn't know about it, but that does seem different to me. Uh, and it, it seems, um, you know, all part of an aggressive plan that has really been in place since week one, since they got here, you'd have to say that yeah. uh, we're going to start here and we'll work out, but we're not going to let um, kids that are talented in this area um think for a second that we're not looking at them that we don't have intrigue that we don't want to have those conversations and we'll see where it goes from there but um we're going to be um in your territory uh often and we're going to send different people at you which i think uh, just adds you know with with a prospect it's one thing when you develop a relationship with just one coach but then you're like okay they're sending like two or three coaches to my school you know um that has to fire you up a little bit um, and, and, and kind of really get you thinking about that program even more. And you get to know the different personalities of the coaches. And um, I don't see how that wouldn't be appealing. So, um, you know, I wrote a couple weeks ago when Satterfield talked about maybe them having an identity on offense they can finally get behind. I think the biggest thing you could say for sure so far is they really believe in their identity as a recruiting staff and what they're all about and how they're going to attack it and the areas they're going to attack. And, um, it's a, well, it's a pretty well-oiled plan. It seems like every day when I wake up and kind of see where they're going and, and how they, how they map it out. I mean, it, it, it feels like, uh, it's not just flying by the seat of your pants. Um, which would be easy to do right now at this early time when you just got to a program, but that's not what's happening. If you're looking for Brian's work, he's the senior writer for Husker247.com. Toss him a follow at Husker247BC on Twitter. You talk about you know, making, the, making it known to these recruits that this coaching staff is interested. And you wrote an article, your most recent one actually, uh, was about the impression Matt Rule had on Dylan Rayola and his family. How realistic are the chances, though, at landing a guy like him? Yeah, well, I mean, first off, uh, Steve Wiltfong, our national writer, uh, wrote that one. So I just oh, want to be clear. Me. So I didn't, you know, I didn't, no, that's all right. I just wanted to say that. So it's like I didn't hear the tone, you know, and stuff on the other end. It was, he talked to Dominic, of course, the former Husker great um, and dad of Dylan. Um, I've, I'm like a lot of people who are in this industry who have sort of heard maybe that Georgia is like the front runner. Um, and so I think there's reason to say that. However, there's time. There is still time to, uh, you know, make something happen. And um, Matt Rule is going to put in uh, a good effort to try to make it happen for Nebraska. That's obvious by him going all the way out there. And if nothing else, I think he's given them a lot to think about. And, of course, you know, this is a family that knows the, the Husker program inside and out. So that part um, – you've got that advantage, you know, whenever you talk to the Riolas, I mean, that Donovan's coaching here, Donovan, you know, wants this program to really take off and fly. And, um, I think it's been a special place to, to Dylan too. And because it's special to his family, I know when he first got the offer way back when he talked about family, like even in the tweet, when he put it out there. Um, so I don't know. I, I just, would I favor Nebraska at this very hour? No, I wouldn't. But 
you see an article like that and you, you read the quotes, and I, I think uh, Dominic Ryle is a straight shooter. Um, I, I take him at his word when he says it's, it's open. Until they say otherwise, I, you, you fight the fight and see what happens. And there are uh, a couple levers Nebraska has to pull in this one. Um, that at least make them an interesting wild card, if nothing else. And uh, maybe they're more than that. Who knows? BC, how careful or cautious are you? You know, we've kind of seen this when we get guys from other schools, these assumptions are made and uh, in terms of what we're inheriting, right? We saw it with Mathis and Wynn. Although Mathis on tape um, had a lot more to go on than I would say Wynn did. But we we've seen it with... Uh, what's going on in the secondary? Guys coming from other conferences that get to Lincoln, and all of a sudden we have this this expectation. When you look at a guy like MJ, how cautious are you given where we've ramped up our expectations when we get guys from other perceived better conferences? No, that's a fair question because I, I think we do have to be careful to just be like, well, sometimes you'll hear this conversation around the state. This guy came from Georgia or this guy came from Alabama. Well, look at that. You know, he's going to be something else. Um, you know, it could be. But uh, if Nebraskans, I think, at this point have seen that um, that doesn't always translate to a guy just being a dominating player. And O'Shawn Mathis had an okay year this past year, but, um, you know, he wasn't a dominating player for certain. Um, and there was sort of that hope, and it, it was pretty built up. Uh, I would say that one was as hyped as about any. Um, and I feel like this last week there's been some proper perspective um, about M- MJ and just um, he only played 42 defensive snaps last year um, at Georgia, and the year before I think he played 91. Um, th- those were his counts. So he was mostly a special teams guy. Uh, so he's probably like fifth or sixth at his spot, you know, at Georgia. And that, um, so I think you just take that information and you say, well, um, he hasn't done, he hasn't proven it yet, but he should be a motivated guy. And just because you're fifth or sixth at your spot at Georgia doesn't mean you can't be really good here at Nebraska. Um, and, and I think you just have an open mind about it. So I do. And I want to have an open mind about everything with a new staff, like, the, the type of guys they pick from the portal, how they develop those guys. I think sometimes we like to always uh, cross over into what happened previously, and we say, well, that's going to happen again. Mm. Um, and, and, and maybe it will, but, you know, let, let's give this new staff a chance to, to pluck their guys out of the portal that they think can be uh, pretty immediate contributors and then uh, give them an opportunity to develop them. And, um, I do know with Sherman uh, out of Georgia, his family and him, they are very well thought of from that program. I I haven't seen this very much the way I saw it on Monday. There were a bunch of Georgia writers uh, in in our network who just were really excited for him and, and like, you know, wishing him that he would sort of take off at Nebraska because he had that sort of personality you gravitate toward. So I think if nothing else, Damon, that's a pretty good starting point. You've got a guy who definitely has the high-end potential. We don't have to overdo it talking about it, but it's there. And then you got a guy who, by 
all accounts is just going to be good for your locker room, if nothing else. And he's going to be a guy who wants to work. And um, I mean, he had a quote I posted on Twitter when he was at Georgia, where someone asked him about being like the you know third team guy, and he said, "I'm behind really great players, and I just try to learn from them. And I I I, I can't kick rocks about it. I I just need to put my head down and like look at these guys. What are they doing? And, and use it. And so I really like some of the stuff I've read from him. Call me crazy, BC, but yesterday crazy. I uh, – not DB, BC. I asked him to call me crazy, Sorry. not you. Sorry, I apologize. Uh, call me crazy, BC, but uh, <laughs> yesterday I, I told DB, don't be shocked if you see MJ Sherman as one of Nebraska's defensive captains next year. Do you think that could be the case with how much he's matured as a vocal leader and uh, because it's a new staff, you don't have to actually physically be present on this team for years before you actually get a title like that? Oh, that's an interesting idea. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't know what, how that'll go. That that so often comes to, like, just the vibe guys get, you know, when they're right now when they start, like, uh, strength and conditioning stuff. It starts to build, like, who's really a leader on this team. And um, so – he might have some catch-up work to do with some guys, but the point you make, I think, is is well taken. That a lot of stuff like that uh, we might want to view a little bit differently this year because everybody's starting sort of with a blank slate, you know, with this staff. And um, the, Matt Rule said that himself on the early signing day press conference. That's the way he wants it to be, and uh, that should, I mean, that should be exciting for some guys, not just transfers. Um, like MJ coming in, but I mean, there's there's players who have been in the program a couple years that we haven't heard as much from, or there's been injuries and this and that. And um, sometimes I'll I'll hear people say, "Well, is that guy going in the portal?" And I think this would be the worst time to go in the portal for that for some of these guys. I mean, this is their chance in front of new faces to uh, to put their best foot forward and show, "Hey, I can be a part of this." and um, and and reset the video game, so to speak. So, I do think when it comes to captains and some of that stuff, there, yeah, there's a possibility when we get to that, there could be a a guy that you wouldn't necessarily say is would traditionally have been that, but he is on that team. But that's a ways away, and we'll we have to see how Matt Rule likes to do his captains and all that stuff. So there's mm-hmm. all that stuff yet to be figured out. BC, let me ask you this: with, um, you know, you. I, again, just being measured, I think you take your time following up on some of your pieces that you're doing on 24-7 sports, which is is really good because I like how you set the stage for, like, doing your homework, right? So you're talking about Xavier Betts, and I asked you a couple weeks ago, I said, intrigued, eye roll, or you kind of get the pushback and the trepidation. As you've kind of followed this this closely – and you look at that wide receiver room and its totality. If folks maximize, right, the edge room, the inside backers, the safeties, the wide receivers, the tight end, if folks maximize in a particular room, what room, in your opinion, has the most upside from where we're looking at it today? Hmm. I would say right now the secondary, and my reason for that is uh, when Evan Cooper was up there last week, 
as he was, I asked him a question about, oh, what do you think about what you've got in the cupboard? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he gave, I guess, what you could say is, uh, some would say, well, that's coach speak. What's he going to say? Down talk his guys? No. But the way he kind of, if you listen to his tone and the way he talked about what's in there and certain guys and how he's met so much already with Marquise Buford and, uh, like, you know, Malcolm Hartzog and, and guys like that, I started thinking more about the defensive backfield. I was like, those guys are all still around. Like, you mean Gifford's still there and, and Quinton Newsom's still there? And so I think sometimes there's an assumption that everybody in this portal era, like two or three of those guys are going to skip out of town or something, or there maybe was that thought in early December. And that whole, like, starting secondary is sort of still in place. And so I, I, my answer is the one I give because I think there's a foundation that where maybe there's some concrete set now. I, I feel like a lot of those guys had to go through the growing pains last year. Certainly Buford had to do some of that, and I know he's coming off an injury and he's going to have to work back from that. Um, but I, I just feel like as that season went along and you thought about how they were playing at the end of it, uh, there were guys starting to grow more comfortable in how to be a college football player at this level. And so that's why I give the answer I do. Now, if you wanted to go a different route um, with with Xavier and, you know, the the it's seeming like Isaiah Garcia Castaneda is maybe a part of the mix too now. How about that? Um, how about that curious case? IGC's got nothing on Benjamin Button. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, the thing I remember about him is uh, coaches last fall camp uh, before, you know, things kind of got a little sideways. They really talked about him as a, I, as a worker. I, like, I, I was, a I'm in that like, camp. I was in that camp. I loved IGC. And he was hurt. Yeah. As a guy. Yeah. As it, as a, so I, what I guess I'd say to this is I think people should be, careful with any preconceived notions about this guy or that guy like a new like whether it's uh, Garcia Castaneda or Xavier like or if they they're coming back is that going to mess up the apple cart or something like that I don't think that at all I really don't I don't think I, I I believe both those guys can fit back in and it's just about putting the work in and showing like I want to be a part of this and uh I'm with you. And if if they do that, especially as we've talked about earlier in the segment with a fresh start for everyone, um, there's a lot of talent with both those guys. I mean, if you think about the first game last year, Isaiah was the guy who had 120 yards or whatever. And I know he had the fumble, or we can question if it was a fumble that ended up being costly. But if people remember on that play, you saw what he's like in space where he made about two or three guys missed before the the ball came out on inside the 15. So he's got some wiggle to him. And uh, I think he's a guy who's, uh, when his mind is on it, he's a pretty determined dude. And I know Xavier can be that way as well. So um, you know me, Damon, I'm rated, I'm rooting big for like those type of stories. Like yep. I love guys that some, we all get knocked down with things in life. And I love when guys come back and I love when coaches, um, do their research on a guy, and they give a, a player a second chance. And I think rule staff has done that with people before, and they've had success, and there's no reason they couldn't again. Hey, BC, yesterday we had a conversation. DB and I went back and forth about what position group 
would be more likely for Tony White to attach himself to? I said, um, mm. or maybe spend the most time. I said the defensive line. He said the secondary, and, and he went that route because uh, of what he said about the secondary. But in your opinion, where is he focusing? Because w- when I looked at the defensive line, I said, well, at Syracuse, they said, hey, we're not allowing them to run the football. But uh, like, I, like D.B. had um, in conversations with them about the secondary, um, he, he thought the latter. So I'm interested to get your viewpoint on that. Especially given how glowing you were about the secondary and their upside. Yeah, um, that's a tough one. I, I, I have no certainty to the answer, but I do, I do think that with, um, you know, Evan Cooper is listed as the entire DB's coach, which is a big responsibility. I mean, we saw that last year. Remember when Mickey took over, one of the first things he did was he said, um, I've got a take a little weight off Travis Fisher like I I'm gonna have him work with I think to get the corners and uh Bill Bush was gonna work with the safeties and he talked about how that's the way it is at a lot of programs he's been I think there's a lot of ways you can do it uh but I would understand if um in in this case if if you had another guy who uh gave a little bit more attention to either the safeties or the corners well well, Cooper, uh, you know, attached himself to another part. But I don't know that for sure because the way Cooper spoke about it uh, a week or so ago, he's like, yeah, that's my group, the whole group. So he might be used to that, and they have a method for doing it that's just fine, and it works for them. But my first guess would maybe be secondary, I guess, just because of, like, I think – I feel like the safety spot in particular is one that it's – To me, like the quarterback, your defense so much, like those guys have to know every little nuance. Otherwise, it's a 65-yard touchdown the other way where the band's playing. So um, if I were a D.C., I would always want to be pretty tight with my safeties. And that's the only reason that's my, my uh, I guess, wild guess in January about what's what he might do with that. BC, I'm low-key back-patting yeah, I myself. Wish, I wish I, you didn't say that. Because I'm, I'm <laughs> I guess safeties too. Let me get let me get you out of this, BC, because you said something I think was funny. You talked about we have to be careful about, you know, the accolades we, or the expectations we put on guys just based on where they came from. You know a prime example of that? Because he's one of my favorites because I'd play with him. How, how about Marcus Washington, who's kind of an afterthought? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. He's a late addition and – Man, down the stretch last year, how consistent was he? He came from a good school. We didn't really, we weren't really enamored by him, and he could be a leader in that room this year. Yeah, he he, he should be, and um, yeah, if people look at what he did the last few games, Just like tough. even even the Michigan game, which is a sad story to think about uh, with, with what that was on offense. But like he caught, he was the guy who caught like the 30 yard pass mm-hmm. early. And uh, the only guy who did anything really in that game on offense. Um, and so I, I felt like he gained a lot of comfort. There was a few drops earlier in the year. And I, I, I think he was starting to get past that a little bit. Uh, but yeah, pretty good route runner. And um, there's no reason a guy like that, um, doesn't have, you know, I would say like 600 some yards in him. I think he, I think he's that type of receiver. And I don't know that Nebraska has to have Trey Palmer again, but if you have Marcus and you get a Xavier and you get Alante going and you have like four or five, you feel really good about, you can get a lot done with that. 
BC, man, you are one of the best. Efficient, too. Cannot wait to talk to you again next week. Thanks so much. Thanks, B. Yep, thanks, guys. Senior writer for Husker 24-7, Husker247BC on Twitter. Andy Kendi, sports director at KETV, next. Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, back with you, Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. And I'm excited to welcome in our next guest, Andy Kendi, sports director at KETV. I'm excited for a multitude of reasons. One, we haven't spoken to him in a, in, in a decent while. Uh, we had to push uh, some things back um, some change up in, in our guest order too, because he kind of went on a hiatus of his own. So hopefully all is good in the AK hood and three. Um, well, he was probably up in Wisconsin getting some spotted cow beer and driving back. <laughs> Did any of those things happen? AK? Uh, yeah, you're very close. Very what? close. Very close. <laughs> Absolutely. And all is well, all is in working order. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if anybody really knows what's going on, but uh, I had my first uh, colonoscopy last week. Hey! So, yay. I don't want to gross anybody out, but uh, <laughs> let's just say the uh, everything everybody has told me about that is true. The prep uh, is the worst. Great. I'm like, <laughs> And then did you drink Spotted Cow afterward? Uh, I gave it a day. I gave it a day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, AK, I don't even know where to start because, you know, once you and I get going, it's like nobody else is in the room and I have a partner and that would be rude. But I, do you want to go, should we talk Creighton recruiting or Nebraska and Ohio State's get right game tonight? I'm going to let you pick because I have something for everything. Let's tee it up with Creighton. That's fresh on the mind. So were you getting the sense here locally and he had a double-double last night, and he said something interesting post-game about, and I'm talking about Nimhart. he hadn't felt well, hadn't been eating. He's kind of starting to, he hadn't had much of an appetite. Were you getting the sense in your sphere of influence that he was getting too much of the criticism? Uh, I... I I do think that um, he took his fair share. Um, I, I just think the expectations were so big for this team, and he's such a key part of this team, and that when things aren't going well early on, that's when you are um, you have to place the blame on somebody, and Ryan Nemhart, I, I think, got uh, the lion's share of it. But last night, I'll tell you, even if he's been sick or what have you and, and hasn't been eating much, boy, was he good. And, um, you know, he he is so crucial to their success, and um, when when teams dedicate their defensive resources inside like they did last night because they were undermanned, missing their big guy, uh, it certainly opens up the outside and, and Creighton made them pay. But you know Nemhard is so good when he's on, and he was on last night. He was terrific, and you know double digits and rebounds. Where'd that come from? 
Hey, I'll change gears here and talk Nebraska basketball now with their get right game. Uh, a question that came up on the show that we didn't actually get to, so I'll actually um, ask you, AK. Uh, it, it pertains to CJ Wilcher and his ineffectiveness shooting the basketball right now. Uh, and, and it's kind of been an all year thing. He's had some good spurts, but over the course of at least the last 10 games, he shot 25% or below in six of them. Would you attribute some of his poor performances to youth or is it something bigger? Well, I just think it's basketball. Sometimes that you go through slumps and, uh, you know, CJ Welcher is just working through it, you know? Um, I, and I think some of this can be contagious at points, you know, it's such a mental thing. Um, like so much in sports can be. And um, when your teammates are struggling, uh, that certainly doesn't help as well. And, you know, it's one of those things that once one guy starts making shots, the other guys kind of do the same. And I think that might have to play in uh, in C.J. Welcher's part as well. I'm not, you know, his role in the team obviously is to score when need be, but um, I still think that they can win if he's not scoring 15, 20 a game, obviously. So, um you know, he comes in averaging almost nine a game and hasn't been shooting well, but that doesn't mean he won't shoot well tonight. I do think tonight is really important for Nebraska, not just uh, from a win-loss perspective, but from a mental perspective. You get this one, and you really have some potential to do some things here down the stretch. Um, it's got to be interesting, too, with the snow coming, what kind of crowd will you get, what kind of energy will you get? It, it has the potential of being a sleepy atmosphere at 6 o'clock. So I'll be, I'll be interested to see – how today plays out um, weather-wise and how many people can make it at the PBA tonight. Uh, nobody works closer uh, of those that are talking in this conversation with Bill Ranby than you do, AK. <laughs> are you getting the inkling that it's coming? Yeah, I am. Bill's, oh. you know, I've been in the biz now for 30 years, boys, and Bill, no question, tells it like it is as good or better than anyone I've ever worked with. And, um, he, you know, it's a running joke. I've got snowblowers. I have a snowblower that doesn't work, right? And he's like, did you fix it? Did you fix it? And yesterday he asked me if I fixed it. So that tells me everything you need to know. Um, <laughs> and, the, you know, it's interesting. When you look at the maps, you know, I always give him grief. I said, you know, Bill, you keep moving that, you know, 6 to 10 line, 6 to 10 inch line lower and lower. It keeps, you know, gets getting more south and more south, and that covers up more of Omaha. And he goes, yep. He said, it's coming. <laughs> so that's why I'm a little, I'm a little um, uh, interested to see, the, to see how it all plays out and see how um, the fans can react because I know so many fans make the trip from Omaha to Lincoln. It's going right. to be tough sledding tonight, I think, literally. Hey. Okay, let me get to my other one with Nebraska, <coughs> excuse me, and recruiting and canvassing this area locally, right? And it's not even just Nebraska. We saw Northwestern uh, fly in and fly out. Just make one stop, quick stop at Bellevue West. And Nebraska, a couple coaches at one school. The other day they sent a coach who didn't catch a student athlete at school, so he followed him to Metro Wrestling and told me the story that he's never recruited at a wrestling event, right? Tony White goes to watch Tyson Terry because he had left for Metro's and didn't catch him at North after meeting with Coach Martin. When you look at <laughs> picking up where I think the fans thought 
Coach Joseph was really making some inroads after the staff was kind of maligned for sleeping on the state of Nebraska. How impressive is it for you, or are you still in wait-and-see mode that they've been able to hit the ground running in the state of Nebraska? I've been very impressed, Stevie, and um, very impressed not just with the individual efforts, but how cohesive it is. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure that's intentional, but for a staff that really, I don't know how many times all of them have been in the same room at once, uh, it's been a pretty amazing development to see all these guys going out locally, whether it be in the metro or in the state of Nebraska or in the footprint. It's been pretty impressive, even going down so far as to watch Ed Foley slapping an end magnet wherever he goes. I think those little things can, can invigorate a, 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 and energize a fan base. And um, it's great to see pictures of high schools, especially the ones you know, and ones you don't know but know the names of, like one out in Arizona. I think that's a huge deal at this point with this group of coaches in a group that really hasn't been together that long. And I think this is only going to continue to grow. And they've made their presence felt very early, and it's been very impressive. AK, you know, before we let you go, we got about two minutes here. Uh, my last question – pertains to the remainder of the season for Nebraska basketball. Now 2-5 and five in conference play, sitting at 500 on the year. How important is a win right now, tonight, against Ohio State to stay above the curve and set the tone for the rest of the season and possibly still uh, a chance at playing deep into March? I think it's very important. You know, there's something mentally, too, about getting under 500 when you look at your record and you still – and you're still at 500 or above, once you start dipping below, that's a real big mental hurdle in my opinion. And looking at their schedule, you know, you know tonight's a, a game they got to get if they want to they want to end the season above 500, you know, I, I, I in my opinion, because you got to play at Penn State, who's so much better than most people thought they would be. Northwestern is going to be a tough game, as they always are. You know, they uh, they're, they're pretty good. Yeah, I mean – I'm telling you guys, this is a this is a game that may be the most gettable of the next four or five. So you better get it at home, and hopefully the Huskers have a home court advantage because that's something they've lacked in two of their last three games. Yeah, great at home. Great piece from Robin Washett that I was reading earlier this morning, and I think he said it best. Right, you've got to get these at home mm-hmm. and hold serve if you want to give yourself a chance to stay out of the listen Big Ten tournament time and and you're playing on the first day, it gets tough, right? Yep. That play-in day is really tough, really tough. (laughs) Hey, Andy, thanks so much, man. We appreciate your time. We'll talk again um, in, what, two weeks? Two weeks. Sure. You bet. Anytime, fellas. We'll see you down the road. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. He's the sports director at KETV. Not only can he talk sports, he can talk weather. He's (laughs) – I'm telling you, <laughs> hang out with him, like a jack of all trades. Thirty minutes. Well, I have turnage. spotted cow, so I can easily hang it, out with him. It's going to go he'll, from thirty to an hour or thirty. I even uh, send him the text message. Yeah, to he's hang fantastic. Out. <laughs> hey, coming up, uh, we'll, we'll play two for you, presented by Dingman's Collision Center. That's next. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, back with you on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. It's Coffee and Cream, Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. We're playing two for you. 
888-638-4876 if you would like to compete for some Hale Varsity Club gift cards. It ranges from 10 to 20 to $40, and you can keep doubling down as long as one of the three members on this show keep matching their answers. This game presented by Dingman's Collision Center. Dingman's is your one-stop shop for all of your car needs. Ding! It's Shane's one-stop shop I wa- for any, I wanted to do that. any need, too. And I hit the Child. bell on the nose. I don't even know. I, I was going to say nail on the head, but I don't know. What is what is the bell? What would you say? I hit, I hit the ring of the bell. We'll say ring of the bell. Whatever. <laughs> We're going to count it. It's a layup, right? You know, it, it rolled around the rim a little bit. but it Depends. Is it Russell Westbrook? Because it's not going in. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, though. If you need to bring your car somewhere, though. Bring it into Dingman's Collision Center. They've been in the business for over 25 years in Omaha. Locally owned, family-run business. We're all about supporting local here on this show, especially, um, at least for me. DB is a little bit of the same. Uh, They invest in the latest technology to stay up to date with the ever-evolving technology of cars. They have this give-back program where if you get service done at, their, at one of their shops, whenever you leave, you get to put a, I, I don't know exactly if it's like a ball or, or, or what, but you put it in a jar for a charity and then they in turn support that charity will give back to the charity of your choice uh, as you go in. It's one of the coolest initiatives I've seen at any place of business. They work on all makes and models from Fords to Teslas, four locations throughout the metro, along with a standalone mechanical shop at 120th and Maple. Best of Omaha, 18 years running. Go to dingmans.com to get a quote today. 888, again, 888-638-4876. Why are you laughing? Somebody tweeted at us and said, who keeps licking the microphone? <laughs> and Pat's dumb butt said either Andrew or Damon, probably. <laughs> what? Is it if anybody, if anybody is a a, a random licker, it would be Shane, <laughs> not us. Oh man, people licking are cra- the microphone. Ooh, people are crazy. Well, you want me to say you're doing a good job? <laughs> hey, thanks, Pat. Appreciate it. Yeah. Why? That wasn't even directed at us. He just tagged us. It's just what he did. <laughs> or was it directed at us? Pat, call in at 888-638-4876. I want him to play. I want you, him to play. You want Pat to play the game? I do. I want somebody to play the game. Give us a call. And uh, let's see here. Pat would be funny. Pat would probably be a lot like Shane. Well, we'll play around. And we'll see if we get if we can give away some gift cards. I tell people this every time we play this game. Unless we get a call, we can't give away gift cards. But hey, we'll still play the game. So have you asked, because I think I want to know, can we, like if it's me and I win, because I think I spend the most time here. Can you get the gift card? Can they give it to an employee? So when I came here for trivia one night, my table got second place, and I did not get a gift card because I worked here. So, Okay. It's kind of a bummer. But we make our own rules on this show. Hey, you oh, and Shane, let's shoot. kick this off with Me you and Shane. And Shane. Okay. Shane, are you ready? No. Play some music for me, buddy. <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go. We, you know what we need? We need Trent to call us back. Trent? <laughs> <laughs> well, we forgot to call him for uh, insight in, into Creighton. 
Yeah, Trent was nuts. <laughs> I love Trent. Trent's a good guy. Hey, okay, a brand of yogurt. Okay. A baseball team in the NL West. DB, that is professional baseball you're going for here. What a jerk. <laughs> okay. A generic ice cream flavor. Okay. And a fast food restaurant. Okay. You guys ready? Yep. Was I supposed to be writing something down? <laughs> there he is. Oh, now we He'll have He'll never a change. He'll never change. Okay. Okay. You guys ready? Yeah, let me answer. Let me get this caller online here quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do you think? Wait. How confident are you in these choices? I'm, I'm extremely confident. How confident are you Shane matched your answer Well, choices? it depends. Like, hopefully, like our caller, we'll let him play. Or oh, play. look who it is. It's Matt Trent. <laughs> it's Trent. <laughs> so Trent may have to be our favorite. Trent must be a total P1. Yeah. Is he just a, a P1? That, but we'll play this one for fun, and then we'll let Trent choose. Okay. Okay? All right, let's roll through it quick. All right, brand of yogurt. Three, two, one. Yo play. <laughs> Dannon. You got to say it at the same time, though, know, DB, I even just, if it's wrong. I'm just like. <laughs> 0 for 1, 0 for 1. A baseball team in the NL West. Three, two, one. Dodgers. Dodgers. Ding. I'll do it. Don't worry. <laughs> A generic Shane, get your Darcy game right, man. <laughs> Ring the bell. A generic ice cream flavor. Three, two, one. Vanilla. Vanilla. Ding. He can't multitask. <laughs> I'll take the right there. And a fast food restaurant. Three, two, one. McDonald's. McDonald's. Hey, good warm up, guys. Good warm up. Wow, three, three out, out of four. Of, okay, liquid. All right, let's bring Trent on. Trent back with us. Uh, not just for. Two for you purposes, hey, uh, or not to be basketball. Matt, De, not to be Matt <laughs> DeMarinas. Not Matt DeMarinas. Hey, this is Trent, Trent with, with White and Blue Review. <laughs> right. Hey, Trent, what's up, buddy? What's going on? Hey, DB called you P1. Is that true? Oh, how, like, hey, we, we didn't put out the bat signal. Like, how did you, like, <laughs> bam. He's listening. And there he is. <laughs> I'm all for it. Let's go. <laughs> hey, Trent, who do you like? Who, who, who do you want to play? Uh, I want Andrew and DB and... All right, let's All right. go. Yeah, Andrew and DB sounds like a good choice. Let's I like do. that. <laughs> let's. And Trent right. just wants to be able to hear the bell, and he knows that you can't ring the bell and give a right answer. Are you ready, DB? I'm ready. A basketball team in the Big East not named Creighton. Ooh. Okay. Tough one. Uh, yeah, that is kind of tough. It's uh, fine. Let's go with it. I'm thinking popular brands. Let's go. Whether they're good or not. Let's go. An appliance in your kitchen. An appliance? An appliance. Okay. This is hard. Something you'd find in the Garden of Eden. Okay. Ooh, tough one. <laughs> God, that's great. All right. And a brand of toilet paper. Oh, you, you must not want Trent to win. I thought these were good. They're Unique. fantastic. All right. Let's 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 win some money for Trent. You ready? I'm worried about this with you. A basketball team in the Big East not named Creighton. Three, two, one. Georgetown. Butler. 
I would have said Georgetown. There, he's not like that's the easiest. I know they just played Creighton, but that's not a good. What did we talk about at the top of the show? Creighton and who? That who? one's broad. Who? Right. That's a that's a tough one, Trent. Creighton and yeah. Butler. Trust me, you're not going to win that. And, and then we you're talk, not going to win the majority. We talked with Andy Kendi, and we uh, mentioned Butler. You're not. Creighton you're, again. Not gonna, you're not going to um, win that. Butler's on the mind. I'm not looking to win in no, the Big the, East. No, trying to to sway folks that they should have said Butler. That's the relevant answer. Yeah. Okay. It's the relevant answer. I don't know what you're trying to back up here. Hey, an appliance in your kitchen. Three, two, one. Dishwasher. Oh, so we got to go two for two. Got to go two for two here. Hey, something you'd find in the Garden of Eden. Three, two, one. Apple. Apple. Boy. Wow. A boy. Wow. A boy. Wow. And let's call the butler in to get you an apple. Um, and I almost said serpent. Yes. <laughs> wow. Okay. A brand of toilet paper. Three, two, one. Charmin. Bang! Let's go. Hey, we only got him twenty bucks down the stretch. That was only ten because we couldn't even double down because we missed the first. I'm still two. mad. You said Butler. Butler was the right answer. <laughs> I feel some type of way about that. <laughs> hey, Trent, you want ten bucks? Come down to Hale Varsity Club at the Hostess Stand. They'll have a ten dollar gift card for you anytime. Hey, that is awesome. <laughs> I don't know how you finished though? <laughs> yes, it is. We finished. Thanks, Trent. We finishing games, Trent. Good work there. Good work. I'm Team Trent. We are Team Trent for sure. Even we should bring Trent even, in studio for even, a breakfast with uh, Benning. But listen, I guess with the breakfast. So you know show. what we should do, Shane? You should have cut, so cut that up and save it. Lay his voice over Matt DeMarinas. They almost even sound the same. <laughs> I Trent just has bet, to that. Trent just has better phone quality. I'm trying. and that's what you notice. They're deliver. Yeah. They're. I'm telling you, they sound a lot alike. And you know, they're both kind of they're mm-hmm. funny. He had me, and I talked to Maddie. I should know. Well, it, it's tough because when you don't physically see the person, yeah, it's almost like the game we played yesterday prior to Morning Dump. You were playing uh, song voices, like vocals. Oh yeah, of from uh, let's get the song title right before Jay. We Richard. are the world. Yes, by USA for Africa. Right. We were playing. We are the world, and you couldn't look at the computer hey, we're, we're screen. All about being and we were like, who is singing this? Shane was nails, although you both thought Michael Jackson was a woman. Mm-hmm. I think it's. I think he's the most recognizable. No, I, you know why I thought it. He no, was Bruce a woman. Springsteen was. Even though you said, uh, who'd you say for Bruce Springsteen? The best. Uh, I don't remember. The best person in there you didn't e- didn't even sing, but it was Quincy Jones. He doesn't sing long enough. Yeah. Right. It's a. It's just a quickie. Is that it? You know about those. We're already done? What happened? And guess what? It's not snowing yet. The show is over? <laughs> what the heck? Well, I guess we're going to Morning Dump next. Hey, how many coaches do you think are practicing right now? <laughs> <laughs> wait. Wait, no, wait, wait. Hey, uh, uh, no, no, uh, no snow? <laughs> get on my group text. Hey, kids, let's get in the gym. <laughs> you feel some sort of way about that, oh, DB. Oh, man. We'll see you tomorrow on Coffee and Cream.